I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute. Ted Trimpa is a democratic strategist and one of the prime architects of The Blueprint, the progressives' successful 15-year play to turn Colorado into the socialistic hellscape it's now turning into. Sadly, he and I have become drinking buddies. I wanted to get his take on Colorado's latest dismal GOP election. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel, IITV, which stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I hope you enjoy this discussion. So like most conservatives in Colorado, I'm still at a wake from the last election. Um, uh, finally, the bar bill is coming due. To help me understand what happened, friend, arch foe, Ted Trimpa, <laughs> good, good to see you again. Great to see you, John. All right, Great uh, to be here. I knew the election was going to be bad. Now, it's already been a couple months. Um, been going to therapy every day. Yeah. Uh, doing psilocybin. Kind <laughs> of figure out your depression, how you're going to like deal with all of this. Yeah. Um, been talking about the stages of grief. We say psilocybin and not mushrooms, by the way. It's, it's medicine. Is it medicine? It's medicine. I thought it was just shrooms. Oh, no. Actually, you were part of that campaign. Yes. This was, yeah, that yeah. Was I your should thing. disclose that. I should disclose that. Yeah. Part of the campaign. It wasn't my thing, but I was part of the campaign. Why so? Uh, well, I actually believe in this. But I was, I was surprised. Just get off for just a second on that. Sorry pardon, about pardon, that. Pardon the pun. Let's get off on that for just a second. Um, <laughs> I was surprised. I'm supposed to do those puns. I was surprised that one passed. And here's why. Not because the issue wouldn't fly with Coloradans normally, but because the, the homeless problem, because of the crime, because of just this feeling of unsafeness that has been plaguing right. the metro area that we've all been dealing with, uh, tied in with you know, the, the issue of pot that people are just going, let's take a pause here, folks. I thought this one would be tough to get past the finish line. And it actually passed comfortably, not wildly, right. but, but it, it, it More passed. so than a lot of us thought it would. Yeah. Well, you know, what I, was the final number? I forget. It was almost like, 52. It's almost 52. Yeah. But I, I think that people were assuming this is like marijuana and marijuana is causing all these ills. And we can argue about whether or not it's true they're causing those ills. But psilocybin was different in terms of how it was framed, different in terms of how it's used. And also, I don't think people, you know, assume if we're talking about a drug, you know, or a substance or a medicine, that that automatically translates to, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. I think if you had an election on you know, injection sites, then on injection sites, I think it would be different. Um, I think people would assume that what you're trying to do could contribute to a lot of the problems that we're seeing. With this, I, people just weren't making that connection. And the reason why they weren't is because there really isn't unless you're a naysayer. If you could take a time machine, if voters could vote on recreational marijuana today, do you think they'd vote the same way? Yeah, I do. I wonder about that because the frustration right now, the frustration with crime, the frustration with homeless, the vandalism, and it's tied up. Maybe there isn't a connection, but there is certainly a perceived connection. Right. I don't know if 
if it would be the same. And I'm feeling it and hearing it from a lot of people who go, you know, I voted for it, but I am just so tired of the drug scene that I'm seeing. I'm tired of the needles. I'm tired of the homeless. I'm tired of stepping over piles of human feces. I'm tired of uh, stepping over passed out people. And there's the, the, the imagery that pot was a gateway to what that, we're dealing right, with this. Right. And we can we could have an argument whether or not that's Which is that's part true. of what my response right. is going to be. But um, I think we have to be careful not to conflate or go down the path that you're talking about. And that is this is a gateway to all those other ills. There's a reason why we need to be doing marijuana reform. A lot of that is criminal justice reform. And also a lot of people are already doing it. And so let's legalize what's already happening. Now, all these other ills come up you can't say, oh, it's marijuana's fault. Oh, it's the crazy uncle across the street. So everything bad that's on the street is because of the crazy uncle. We need to address what those problems, let's take homelessness, and I'm gonna tick off my progressive friends. We need to address it, but we need to address it in a way where we reject this idea of this obsessiveness with compassion. You know, We need to be compassionate, but at the same time we need to be realistic. So I say do a little bit what New York's doing. Say there's a right to shelter, and a right to shelter means you have to agree to these three things. And then you put in, if it and you allow, if they're a threat to themselves, and this just isn't working out, you take them in, you put them in treatment, and you figure out whether or not this is gonna work. And if they need a place to live, you put them in a place to live. You know, well, but if you, you, wanna, if you wanna live in a tent, of, go to the mountains. Right, the whole idea of, of compassion, uh, it's not compassionate to let mentally ill people out on the streets without treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's a yeah. compassion complex that results in actually hurting people. Let's get, let's get to what I really wanted to talk to you about, which was many conservatives thought, this is our year. That this is, this is going to be the year uh, we're going to win back. Let's not, let's not talk about D.C. first, because we always, you know, everybody likes right. to talk about D.C. Right. I want to talk about here. Um, this was going to be the year Republicans struck back. And why not? I mean, why not? This was a year that inflation was worse here in Colorado than really any other state. By any, any measure, things hurt here most. It was a year that crime was terrible here. Crime that people really could feel. Uh, car thefts were number one here in Colorado. People felt it. Uh, we saw we saw just a lot of stuff that was that, that was that was tough here. This was going to be a year. I there was hope that the at least the Senate, the state Senate, was right. within grasp. And then Priola, who was basically a Democrat in uh, <laughs> uh, Republican clothes, decided to try to make it permanent. All right, but so even then, at least we're going to get close. And at least in the House, with redistricting, we're not going to get there but we're gonna make good strides. And why that's important is that on those committees where maybe there, there's a two seat difference between Republicans right. and Democrats, you know, a, a lobbyist, maybe we could swing one of those Democrats our way on an issue, make a bad bill a little better or, or flip them completely. But to do two is just too much. So if you only have to switch one, it makes a big difference. This was gonna be a good year. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. It was a blowout on every single level. 
everything failed. Did you expect that your side would have as many victories? No. Oh, no. We didn't expect the margins either. Really? If you take a look at the polling, I think the polling was on roughly the same on both sides. I think that the Republican side was being a little bit rosier about it. Oh, well, we may be down to or just up to, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot better. Because when you think about crime, you think about inflation, you think about immigration, it's really going to drive that number up. We were looking at numbers, and we were up by two, up by three, up by two, up by one, expecting it all to be really close. Then all of a sudden, you had, I think, two things that overlaid all of this. And one, whether you like it or not, abortion and the overreach about what that looked like. And a lot of people think about the Supreme Court and what they did and the nominees that did the decision, even though Alito was appointed by somebody else, but they tie that to Trump. There was a reaction to Trump and the tenor. It's not like I'm voting against you because you're a Trump. I'm voting because I don't like this tenor and I associate you with that tenor. And then you add in the abortion piece of it. You're a two-point race. You're now all of a sudden a four-point race. And I'm not for sure polling can always drill into that because you, you kind of don't know until you know. Um, and a lot of it broke, I think, and it broke relatively late. Now, that's one. I think that's the overlay in terms of what happened. I think the second piece is, okay, let's say the number floats around. I don't know if it's real. 17 million was spent on the state Senate. Where the hell did 17 million go? Know a lot of people on the Republican side, well-respected, you know, Seventeen million? I mean, these are numbers that in the old days, I don't know what it is today, but even just a few years ago, we spent on all of our races. And so we have five, six, and we're doing seven. If we're doing 17, th th there should have been network TV on all the time. Or if they're doing groundwork, God, the doors on people's houses should have caved in because they were getting knocked on so many times. You know, you just have to wonder. I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> I don't know if you've met my son, Chance, has Down syndrome. Right. And so he's, he's 18 now. Um, can't read, can't write, just like his old man. And, um, <laughs> but he, we had to get a, an ID You're for You're an him. extraordinary father, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I, a uh, lot of things that people don't know uh, about you. Uh, but, uh, I'm but extraordinary. I get a little bit more of an insight in being a being, very, be, very good friend of yours. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be his wingman. It's, 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 uh, he's John Belushi. I just clean up his, his party messes. But um, uh, we had to get an, uh, an ID for him. And now, under one of the ridiculous things you guys passed uh, to, to, to get more votes that you can harvest, he, he, he gets a ballot because he has an ID. Oh, get this. He's also got jury duty, uh, which is... <laughs> yeah. Hey, no. <laughs> That's we'll why you have jury selection. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll just go with that. Anyway, so I, I got this ballot for him. I'm thinking, well, you know, legally I can help him, you know, uh, do right. this. I, I decide, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not going to help him do this. But uh, a few days before, before uh, the uh, election, knock, knock, knock on my door, two lovely ladies are there from the Democratic Party to help my son, who's now 18, if he needs any help. Um, uh, Understanding the ballot. Understanding, and, right. yeah. 
Now I'm thinking about this. I, I live in Boulder. There is not a competitive race in Boulder. There's not a single thing your team is going to lose in Boulder. Um, there's not a single you know, thing that, you know, it's not, not a race there that's in trouble. So maybe, it, it, is it a, a state race or something? No, so it's not like a close race. It's not like those, those foot soldiers need to be there. If you're gonna place them anywhere, you're gonna place them in one of the state Senate seats someplace else. Right. But your, the operation is so good that even in a safe place, you got people knocking doors, trying to get to this brand new voter to, to that, you know, they, they don't know he has Down syndrome. Um, yeah, what? please spend some time with him. <laughs> Go ahead and, and talk the issues. But it really, it, it was pretty amazing um, the, the depths of that, we're here. Yeah. You know, that, that's the type of infrastructure that gets out, and it's all, of course, perfectly legal. When I say vote harvesting, that's vote harvesting. Right. That is getting out the vote. So two responses to that. One, you need a culture within your party and your side as to how we're going to do things. And that culture can't be, oh, we're only going to do those activities over here. Because you're going to have people active in every district all over the state, even you know, heavy Republican, heavy Democrat. These people want to participate. You want to have something that says, we believe in democracy and you can be part of it too. So you want, they're like, well, what's the door donking program? What does that mean? I don't like to use the word harvest. I grew up on a farm. If you talk harvest, it's a combine. You know, it's not going, you don't use a combine to get ballots. But if you're taking a look in terms of a lot, at least outside looking in, I'm not a Republican in the inside of how you guys do things. It's as if you're like, you, you make a decision well, there might be a culture of something, but we're going to focus on this. And that's all we're going to do. You know, in the initial years in 2004, yes, we did that in order to win. But infrastructure and culture built up over time, so everybody understands that this is what uh, the way it should be. Let me take you off track just for a little bit, because I, I, I want to get an opinion from your side on this very specific um, issue. So there are some folks in the Republican Party uh, they had a wonderful uh, gathering outside of Boot Barn, and they they right. made they which ma Republican Party here? Yeah, uh, yeah, and their their point was pretty clear that thanks to the open primary. And by the way, I'm not a big fan of the open primary either. I I I, I'm, I question it, and but that's not, neither here nor there. Open primary meaning that unaffiliated, and technically I'm unaffiliated now, uh, can play in either primary, either party's right. primary. But they said if we had a pure primary, then we would have had better candidates in the, in the general. That meant Ron Hanks would have been the um, candidate. For, Certified for, wackadoo. Well, I, but let's, let's just go with this. Tina Peters would be Secretary of State, not Pam Anderson. Oh, and, gee whiz, let's like run somebody that's going to get indicted. Okay, but let me ask you the question. These are people who are saying if... Those people, if Hanks and Tina Peters were on the ballot, then they would have won, and Republicans down ballot as well would have won the general. I'm asking you as a strategist, as, a, as one of the architects of the Democratic takeover in Colorado, from your point of view, not from the Republican or conservative point of view, right. from your point of view, 
is there any truth? Do you see any, any, any? Okay, my first response to this is whoever is telling folks or saying that Ron Hanks would have won, Tina Peters would have won, who's their political consultant? Captain Kangaroo? You know, Mr. Green Jeans? I mean, I, that is like nuts to me. Why is that nuts? That's not, Explain it to me like I'm two years old here. Help me out. First of all, one, almost half the voters in the state are unaffiliated. It's like, what, 44%, 45%, somewhere in there. And you go down to where Republicans and Democrats are. There are roughly 100,000 registrants, you know, in terms of the difference. And you mean to tell me that Tina Peters, who knowingly took you know, election information machines out of secure areas, is going to be seen once people know as, oh, that's the person we want as Secretary of State. I mean, you're high. And you listen to some of the things Ron Hanks says. I mean, that commercial where he like shot at a Xerox machine, I'm sorry, a copy machine, don't want to like You're just dating, you're dating yourself with that. I right? am, or, or whatever, a yeah. brother, blah, blah, blah. Right. Anyway, he thought, you know, it can't be Dominion because he right. doesn't want to get sued along with everybody else. I, really, I'm going to take a gun in a commercial, blow something away, because I'm going to advocate for a theory that the election was a fraud that is not believed by more than two-thirds of Americans, and oh boy, that's gonna be my winning message. All I can say is, if that is what, if you want Captain Kangarooism, go for it. Because well, we will first, win over and old over enough and over to and be over. a fan of Captain Kangaroo. I watched Captain yeah. Kangaroo. Most of the people that are watching the show probably know who they are. So, let me ask you a slightly different way. As a strategist, as a guy who, who spends, has to raise and spend money on the left to get your guys elected, if Republicans did in fact elect uh, Hanks and Tina Peters to the general, would that have made you happy? Okay. As my operative side? Yeah. Yes. Boy, tell me this is like fishing, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. Is that this is like now? Is that for, why for me is as that a why so many progressives? That's is that why so many leftists put what like a half a million dollars? I forget what it was into ads okay, attacking let's, attacking. Let's, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Let's separate out the two because yeah. I do want to talk about that. But I do want to end with not end, but add in to the other part of the answer. As a Coloradan who believes we need a vibrant Republican Party, because I believe that there needs to be really active debate. I don't think any one sector or party has all the answers. And quite frankly, you need to have argument about it in order to make it better. And I know that sounds manby-pamby, Pollyannish, but it's true. As a, as a Coloradan, do I think it's good? No, of course I don't. Do we need like reasonable, and I use that term, purposely, reasonable candidates to have a real debate. Now, two Democrats playing in the primaries. I've said this once, I'll say it five times. That's a one-trick pony. You can only do that so many, we did it to Scott McGinnis. When you to say quite, it, to, you mean putting money into, into the a primary, primary to make sure the weaker candidate, weaker Republican pops out. Correct. And you did that with McGinnis to make sure that Dan Mays won. Right. And you guys tried yeah, He was to... a stellar candidate, by the way. Oh, $27,000 going into the general election. I, I'm like, you go. <laughs> when you, Dan Mays got, what, 
Eleven percent of the general vote. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was pretty impressive. And, and Tom Tancredo entered in, you know, yeah. all this. Who I like. Oh, Tom's just a. And it's like Tom's what? a beautiful man. He's just a, a great guy. Uh, but so, but the same thing happened to O'Day in that lots of money was put in to try to scare Republicans from voting for O'Day, right? And to try to get Hanks to get the nomination. Who put in that money? Uh, that I don't know, I, and I can theorize a lot, about lot, it. A lot of dark money. You, you, um, well, go ahead and theorize. And, uh, listen, we can talk about dark money. I, yeah. Theorize, though. To Who call do you something think? dark money, and this is where 90% of my progressive friends are going to go, oh, I can't believe he just said that. I call dark money free speech. Yeah, so do I. I Spending money is free speech. If you want to figure out a way in terms of what's going on, then figure out a way in terms of what's going on. You can't set a rule to say you can't do that. Regarding the Ron Hanks, O'Day, Democrats spending money to try to get Ron Hanks elected. One, what the hell? Do you really think that Republican primary voters and unaffiliates that may be voting in that primary are going to choose Ron Hanks over O'Day? That's nuts. I mean, there has to be some, some little overlap somewhere where you could say, okay, Maybe one of the two could be in that primary, and that's who we want. Here, it was like over here and over here. So the fact you even think that you can make that happen, I think is nuts. Second, the messaging, I got confused. And this is what I do. I'm like watching these ads. I'm like, so who are these directed at? What is the message, and what are we trying to get there? I, honest to God, still to this day, do not understand the messaging. And I think what happened was too much polling. We're gonna do research testing, message testing, we're gonna figure out what it is, we're gonna slice and dice the electorate in 19,000 different ways, and then we're gonna get the little path that we're gonna go through, when, you know, I don't think that's how people act. Oddly, I saw less ads than I ever have, and it's probably because I've watched less TV than I've ever watched. And so, yeah, I'll stream videos and I'll stream you know, Netflix and Prime right. movies. Even stream news, and you won't you won't pick this. Yeah, up. you got to watch local TV. To get yeah, and, and 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 I and I didn't. All right, let's 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 get back to to the differences. Um, there's you went back to abortion, yeah, and Trump, and these these are these are the issues. And 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 when you say Trump. My point on this, and I'm sorry to like, yeah. you know, dice words here a little bit, tenor of Trump. Because I think people are voting. It's not, I don't want Trump. I think people are voting the tenor that's being created by that. It's like pox on your house. We're tired of that kind of perspective. So anyway, go back to your question. What was frustrating for me was Media not doing its job on abortion. And that the scare tactics, and I'll give the left a lot of credit for this, the boogeyman on abortion, particularly in Colorado, was well done. That abortion was not in danger in Colorado. At all. At all. At in all. the slightest. We're the uh, most liberal state, or at least one of. We are, by far, the most liberal state on abortion. Where and from my perspective, Thank God. Whatever your perspective is, 
abortion was legal here before Roe versus Wade. It was legal after Roe versus Wade. It's legal uh, to, to up to and during birth. It hasn't changed. It won't change. And no matter who you elected, it wasn't going to change. The media, the media didn't, didn't, didn't oh, do oh, it. oh, so the media is supposed to say, well, abortion in Colorado really isn't an issue because they're one of the most liberal states in the country. So that really shouldn't be an issue there. No, well, you know, the newsflash, people in Colorado may care about that lower socioeconomic woman in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, that all of a sudden needs an abortion and can't get one. Not my point. I mean, Not my point. My point is that in Colorado, one of, if not the most liberal state for abortion, there was this sense that, that Heidi Ganahl was going, to, was going to make abortion illegal, which was ludicrous. I can't, and she can't walk across the street. I've seen her walk across the street. I know, and I, I shouldn't say that because I've met her. She's really nice. She's a wonderful. She ran a crappy campaign. I don't care if she ran a great campaign. I think the chances of her winning in this state at this time was Because Jared's done a great job. Jared has done a great job self-funding an incredible campaign oh, in a state okay. with we great... Can, we can argue about that next. We can argue about that next. The point being, the scare tactics around abortion in Colorado were remarkably overblown and used to scare people you know, around, around the country. But in Colorado, I think especially so, in that the media, yes, did not explain that the threat here in Colorado was really non-existent, that it wasn't going to change. And in fact, it was even then codified even more so in state law, that you would have to uh, change both houses and, um, um, and the government of the people. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it, yeah. it, was, it was a crazy scare tactic and it was because voters didn't understand. And I believe your side did a wonderful job keeping that whipped up. Fair? Um, of course you're gonna whip it up, but this makes an assumption. <laughs> but there's a nice way of saying, yes, John, absolutely, no, we no, did a fine job no, doing that. I, but I think we have to be careful. Because that's, that's what it, politics is, baby. Well, no, it's about winning. But I think we have to keep the perspective, or at least not keep, under, realize, res, respect, or note that there's a perspective that people in Colorado are gonna care about this issue generally and how it affects the country and care about what's happening in other states and know that in many issues, Colorado's a leader. So we wanna maintain the status in terms of messaging as a leader. So to say that we shouldn't care about abortion because we have some of the most liberal abortion laws I think is not an offense, but I think it's a little disrespectful for voters. Let, let, let me, to, let me to, concede this. Because they may, they may care about what's happening. Again, I go back to this, that poor woman in Alabama. Let me, let me concede this, but, but voting for your state rep, voting for secretary of state, voting for your governor, voting for your regent has nothing to do with that poor woman in Mississippi. Oh, voting for your congressman, voting for, voting for um, uh, uh, your senator, certainly, absolutely. Voting for your state. In terms of a direct, direct, I give you right. that. In terms and of tenor, tenor is important. 
Oh, we don't care about it here because, you know, we've already got that problem When it comes to law, it does not matter. And you can be all touchy-feely about tenor. I actually care about policy. Tenor's not touchy-feely. Tenor is absolutely by definition. Tenor by definition is touchy-feely because you go to court and say, Your Honor, I'm looking in the book here under tenor, and it says you get to rule by tenor. (laughs) Yeah, tenor by definition is touchy-feely. But let me say this. All right, we're going to argue about that one, too. But. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's take it to a judge, and let you find the tenor oh, rule. Oh, because you know, the definition okay, of tenor, tenor in terms of how it affects society is something that has to be determined by a judge. Good God, you're a freaking lawyer. I'm not, and you're saying tenor is, <laughs> isn't touchy-feely? But the tenor law doesn't... <laughs> is a term oh, we, that is All this. right, right, right. But talking about tenors, we should talk about Looney Tunes, yeah. but we'll come back to that. I love Looney Tunes. All right, I was trying to concede something, but you, you had to go off on that. I'm sorry. I'm trying to concede that one of the problems Republicans have, among many, is they refuse to accept the new demographic realities of this state, which is this state is, and has been for a long time, a pro-choice state. This state is, and has been, and will be for a long time, a pro gay rights state. This state is and will be for a long time a pro-cannabis state. These are realities that conservatives need to accept if we conservatives are going to make any sort of policy advances in the future. From my point of view, the song I've been singing a long time, which is If we want to make policy advances, these are things we are going to have to work around because that doesn't mean Colorado is not a limited government state. It doesn't mean that we're not a low tax state. It does not mean that we are a pro-property rights state, but it does mean- I agree with all that. And that means we're going to have to face face those realities. Um, And that's why- But your side gets caught up in all of this. It does. We, we, we <clears throat> want to argue about trans kids. Right. We don't want to argue about gay, but we're kind of argue about gay because we're going to argue about trans. Well, because that's not gay. We're going to argue about I'll abortion because we want to be pro-life because we're, Listen, in will, terms of a certain type will, of Christianity, will, will this argue, is what we want to do. I will you argue know, about your fights. I will argue about con- compelled speech all day long because coerced behavior is a wrong. I will argue about parental rights and education all day long because I believe that is a wrong. I will defend people's rights to have the relationships they uh, they uh, they want to have because I believe that is a right. right. So yeah, you can call it trans issues, but I also believe in uh, parents' rights. No, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another you, one we can argue yeah, people, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, That's it's, uncomfortable it's, for me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, hey, I'll, if you want to go there, let's go oh, there because it's been so politicized. So and and it's unfortunate it that it's been that politicized. Because the number of trans kids, everyday trans kids that are out there, the 12-year-olds, 13, 14, 15, that are dealing with this issue for them. And then you see all this tenor about it's wrong, it's weird, and drag queens you know, reading stories to elementary kids and how that's awful and evil and what's going to happen. And it's gotten to a point where I want to look at some of these folks that are using this for political gain when they're really not talking about the substantive issue and say, you know what, when we see the suicide rates five years from now, 10 years from now, I'm gonna lay them at your feet because your rhetoric in terms of how you've been talking about this issue, and not you, 
but how people in that world have been talking about it. I put a lot of that blame, I will, at their feet. With that said, has our community, the general LGBTQ, I don't like all the other letters, I, why can't we just say gay? But um, do you put it's, any it's of handled it? it? Handled it really poorly. Do you put S any sport, of it? Sports is something that we should have figured out. Do you do you really think that a male to female that goes out, and let's say they're playing field hockey or you know wherever there's like some light contact or even heavy contact in a sport, and you're a parent and you have your daughter who's out playing the game, she really loves it, and then there is a male to female that's out there, just biologically bigger plows your daughter under. That's a problem. We, we have to figure out the realities of the world and make a fix to it. Rather than saying, oh, gee whiz, I can't believe that you wouldn't allow something like this to happen. It's purity, it's black or white. Well, you know what? The world's not black or white. You just laid... Sorry, I'm like, this you issue laid gets the problem, me on fire. You laid the problem of teen suicide on those people. <laughs> can't we... Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, can't I just equally then, black and white, lay the problem of teen suicide on people who confuse teen teenagers and uh, say, hmm, as, as one teacher said, you know, if you're not 100% comfortable in your own body, you're trans. Here's all this other stuff to confuse you by. Right. You know, so don't, you know, what, oh God, what I feel I, like I'm talking to my husband. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he's a very smart man. Oh, yeah. I know he produces her. a Gutfeld show, which is 11 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock here right. in Colorado. You Fox said that. News guy. You said I know. That. Sorry. Yeah, said I, that. I, yeah. Shameless, 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 shameless promo. Like anybody who watches this doesn't already watch that. All right, so can't you equally say that those people who take these young minds and then introduce them to something that they've never thought about before, that, ah, uh, yeah, maybe you're actually not a boy. Maybe you're something else that you've never even thought about and enters into a world that they were like, what the hell? That they're innocent in this? That they're actually saving right. those lives? I might just as easily say, you know what? You're responsible for that teen suicide. Okay, okay. And so don't, don't you be laying that on me. Don't you be laying that suicide on me. <laughs> I'm laying that suicide on you. And let me take that let me see that and raise you this. My beef with this is the cancellation of free speech, which at one point, liberals, sadly progressives don't care, but liberals used to defend. Right. To say, to coerce people's speech and say that somehow, due to my sensibilities, you now need to change your language to fit my worldly constructs. Right. You need to call singular people plurals now, you need to say biologically male people are now she, or you're going to lose your employment. You're not going to pass this class. We will kick you out of this school. Right. This is not wrong. It's evil. It's okay. really all right, wrong all right. shit. E e evil's a little strong. No, it's not. Let, let, let's separate Coercing out. people. I, I get the coercive piece. And I, I get that. Taking get away that. free let's, speech let's is separate, evil. Let's separate out the pronoun issue. Because on the pronoun issue, we're going to be not completely in agreement, but a little bit there. On the issue about I'm a teach, free speech about, fanatic. Thank God, because that voice, and I, I don't mean this in a, in, in a negative way, that voice needs to be there. People need to and hear it, it more. To be, 
because there, be there the isn't, left there that isn't. was that. I know, and the left isn't that today. The woke culture is what happens to you off guys? the rails. It's off the rails in terms of, but if you're not this, you're not that, when you can't do this, and then you can't do, that's nuts, that's crazy. I've been told, let me just say this one. I've been told that being proper with pronouns makes you a bigot. Okay. Now, so are, to be are, called, are, are, to are, say it's the same as using okay, the N-word. All right. So, oh, wow. So let's put the pronoun issue here, and I promise you we're going to get to it. But I want to address, because I'm not going to let this one lie, the teacher saying to a student, well, do you understand that there are not many different ways and we can argue about all the very different categories and who you're claiming to be today and pansexual, polysexual, all that stuff is bullshit. However, there are trans kids. Transgenderism, or whatever the proper term is, exists. And we need to recognize that it does. I think what's happening on our side is we're overreacting to it because part of the woke culture, part of the, I'm trying to feel like that I'm really doing something and you know, the community's really been putting a lot of pressure on it. Uh, and I really want to feel like that I'm being opening and this is what I'm doing. So in a classroom, they're like, whoa. And I think they overdo it. I think it's something where you say, you know, this is what it is. I mean, do you talk about gay when somebody's sec you know, a second grader? Well, I think you're gay. Well, I tell you, if somebody's telling a second grader, I think you're gay, well, that's wrong. Because I, it takes some time for people to figure out you know, who they are and what they're going to be. But for us to say, because somebody overplays it when they do it, I don't think that's fair. Pronouns. I'm a grammarian. I love grammar. And I have to tell you, it's really tough for me when you use they in all different kinds of ways. Drives me nuts. I think we need, I to, I think we need to respect. School. You want to see these scars from the from the rulers on, on the knuckles? <laughs> no, I cannot use they when I look at a singular person. It's not, you know. So you're you're telling people, but at the same time, at the same time, we need we need to recognize and respect, not just recognize, respect that that exists. And so we have to what figure exists? out a way. Transgenderism. No, I, I I listen carefully to this. I understand that that person that I see as male, that is obviously biologically male, I understand and respect that he thinks he is a woman. I don't care that he thinks he's a woman. All the power to him. I see him as a him. He needs to respect that I see him as a him. I respect that he sees him as a she. This is the world. Then we go oh, on. See, see I, this, this one. The thing is, we, we just we had we have a fundamental disagreement on but, this one. But but this on is, the they them piece and all of that. But, I, but I, 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 see, get, I get the frustration. But the thing is that it. and people aren't we, prepared for that, that yet. But I also deserve respect. I do respect that. You think you're something that you are biologically not. Fine. When I say, but see, when but see, I that, say that. That assumes though, John, that assumes that the biology of that human being still is something is the prevailing way that you look at someone. And because 
UC biology, because that's, you know, grew up in a place where it's like we had boys and we had girls and boys played with little army things and girls no, played but you're, with little you're, dolls. You're, you're talking yeah, about social but that's, but that's issues. Not, but that's not, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about social issues. I'm talking about how people view the sexes. And just because no, I'm talking biologically about somebody is something, for them to say, listen, who I am, who I feel, who I know, I'm not, I does not match my biological sex. For someone to say, so well, I you? don't care. I'm old. And I'm from a different generation, so I yeah. know that you have a penis. And since I know that you have a penis, I'm not going to use she. That's wrong. You're 50. Five. 55. But if you identify as 25. Oh, God, no. no, what's the difference? Huge difference. Oh, really, why? Oh, uh, one, we're talking about age. Yeah. When you talk about sexuality in terms of how you define yourself and the roles, gender roles, and what well, people... Age roles or no age roles? Oh, come on. Oh, really? come on. What I, about I, the I'm person... Gonna, I'm going to wake what up... About the oh, gee whiz, I have to tell you, it's really a difficult problem for me because I've always dated and now married to somebody who's significantly younger. All of a sudden, I'm going to wake up and say, ring, ring, hi, Arash. Guess what? I'm 25. No. What, like you okay, ring, ring, that, and you wake up and say... I'm a woman? No. You might have, you might always, all right, good God, all right, I feel it, like I'm 80. Or you, people who feel like they're part of a different race. Or now that we have kids who feel like they're of a different species. Let me tell you. Oh, come on. Kids of a different species thing. Okay, thank you, Heidi Ganahl. Why don't you dress up in some furry little outfit? Go out there and eat some rabbit feed. Oh, really? So you I mean, don't, that's you don't, nuts. That's nuts. That's you don't, nuts. You don't think it happens? No, I just I, want... I just want to make sure okay, we get Okay, you know what? Right. When I was growing up, I really wanted to be a lion. I just, I tell you. No, I'm I asking you like, a question. You're telling me that there aren't kids out there who believe that they're animals. They're kids. They're going to think all kinds of things. Let them think all kinds of things. And don't go to the, oh, there were, was kitty litter in a closet. No, I'm not And there was that. kitty litter in a closet because they were worried about a shooting and kids need a place to take a piss. No, no, no. I just want to make, I just want to make it clear. You don't think that there are kids out there who... They're, they're kids? kids are going to do all kinds of things. Let them do all kinds of things. Yeah, I agree. There are people, you know, their kids are going to be like, I'm a dinosaur. Rawr. I'm going to run around thinking I'm a dinosaur. I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be a dinosaur. And they learn lots of things about dinosaurs. Right. Is that really wrong? What are they going to do? Grow up and say, I'm a dinosaur, so I'm going right. to marry a reptile? That's not going to happen. You understand, from my point of view, what goes on in your head is fine. But there are a lot of people out oh, there. Oh, but if you exhibit it externally and I don't you, say agree I don't, with it. I'm not used to it because eh, I remember when we went when around I, in you know, horse-drawn carriages. When did I say any of that? Did I? No, I'm presuming a frame in oh, terms see, of how you see it. Yeah, I, yeah I, so you, I, that's I what you're that. doing. I admit that. Yeah, I admit so, that. And again, the bigotry goes this way. I have not expressed any of that. What I'm saying is when I see a man, if he's in a dress, he's in a dress. You know what I see? I see a man in a dress. See, I see a woman. Great. But see, that, see, this is the fundamental problem of understanding what transgenderism is. It's not, no, oh, what I see is I a complete what, what you lack see, of respect. What you see is a transvestite. You see a guy who likes to dress up in dresses, which is very no. different from someone who identifies in their soul as a different sex. That's different yeah, the, than the, the, reason know, the, little, is because the little house husband or whatever husband or construction worker that likes to go home, put on lingerie, put on some heels, put on a dress, and walk around the house. 
that doesn't make him you have a, beautiful a male thing is, thinking that he's a female. That just makes is, him, he's kind of kinky, he has a fetish. He likes dressing up in dresses. So what? Because I don't know that person's soul. And but I- then can't you, oh, listen, Mr. Free Speech and Freedom, yeah. can't you respect this is who they think they are? Why can't you respect that? And I, and I don't mean to, I'm not, this isn't because like it's row, not my, It's you. not my job to respect every stranger's identification. It's not my job. And it's not my responsibility. This is obviously a big doesn't. issue because this is like 80% of what right, we're talking because, about. Because it's so remarkably offensive that, that, that I somehow lose my speech, that I am not respected, that my speech doesn't count, and that what is plainly obvious in front of my eyes is discounted. And so... You know, and, and um, okay. So I, I, have, I have a question about this. And so no, you know, why, what I hate, what I, what, why what I should hate, you care? Because when somebody's speech is said, you're discounted from speaking, and the words that come out of saying two no, plus two equals four. No, you ask me a question, then you don't let me answer. Okay, it. sir. So when somebody says two plus two equals four, and the and the response is you're a bigot, huh. you're like. No, it okay, isn't. Okay, that's wrong. That's wrong. And that's what it is. That's and wrong. if you say that is a black man there, and you said, you just used the N-word. Right. That's and wrong. that's what this is. That's and wrong. so what, what this is part of us, the old wokeism thing that's going what, what on. We're, this is like so, taking taking like basic principles of what we have, should understand in the evolution of time. So, and so who what we, are, we see, what and I see the extremes and saying the extremes is the norm, so, which it shouldn't be. So when I see this transgendered person who identifies as a woman. And because I don't see the woman, because I'm not inside that person's mind, I don't understand their soul. Okay, I they might see themselves as a woman. Great. When I say I don't care, I don't mean that. In okay, a, but, di- let me finish this. I am not disrespectful. I am respectful. Fine. You you think you're a woman? Fine. I don't hate you. I actually respect you. Go feel like a woman. Go. Dress the way you want to dress. Fine. Okay, so 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 from But you're I mean, telling I mean, me that I can't speak. Oh my God. And that when I do, I'm a hateful person. And that more importantly, people in the future, not old men like me who or, who don't, or me. Or who don't mind being called a bigot the whole because I've been uh, called a bigot all my uh, life, but that kids can't speak the truth or get kicked out of their jobs or their schools or be marginalized, or be chilled, their speech will be chilled. That breaks my heart. That's why it matters. Okay, the last 15 seconds, we could go to that in an extraordinary way, but before going there, because I think that you- And we do need to wrap this up. I think you did a major leap, which I I, I would argue is way too much of a leap, because I get where you're coming from in terms of respecting your view and what you're doing. My question, though, is a lot of what you're saying, not a lot, a piece of what you're saying is premised on, oh, that is a male who identifies as a female, but I know that person's a male. Biologically? Well, you know, you may not know that. There are a lot of males who think that they're females, and when they, in terms of how they present themselves and what they do, because they feel like they're a female, you wouldn't know it. So, so basically what you're saying is, well, if you're going to be a male to female, you really need to look like a woman. My 
bet is that if you know if I'm you having take, fun. I mean, like, if you if you take a chromosome test, that people with an XY are men. Oh, and so we're going to run around and take a no, chromosome no, test, so you know, so you can say, well, I'm now I have that, your chromosome test. I'm saying test that there are objective truths, aren't there? Yeah, there's objective truth, and that is, is that this person identifies as a woman. That's their objective truth. That's their objective truth. You just need do to I respect have, that. You, wait, wait, do what I have? What you're what, telling what me, what you're telling me is, wait, is wait, that wait, do I have any objective truths? You have, but you have to respect the fact. You, Why do you I have to respect? Wait a minute. So their objective truths, I have to respect. Do they have to respect my objective truths? Okay, we should, you know, one should respect your objective truths. However, Because all society, I see here is a one-way street. No, I get it. But what you're saying is, is that then in terms of how policies are adopted and implemented in schools and in society, it has to be, well, it's according to my objective truth. Isn't that and where so, we're headed? Well, then, if you have somebody else's objective truth, why couldn't it be reflective of them? Because we now understand this issue a lot better. That's like saying that you should have non-gender bathrooms. What's wrong with that? Bueller? Bueller? Well, don't, don't, we have, don't we have non-gender bathrooms now? Not always. Not always. Isn't that exactly what we have now in schools? Non-gender bathrooms? And so what we need, I, I guess where I'm coming from is you can have your objective truth. Go, go ahead. I know. We're, I, I, we're I wanted to get time. back. I wanted to get back on politics. Yeah, let's go back. The, yeah. But by the way, this argument is not going to end. And I agree with that. All right, all right let, I'm going to force us back on track. Okay, because we can go around in circles on this. Last time, Democrats won everything. You see me scratch the record and put it back over here. They didn't have a supermajority. Right. Democrats now have a supermajority. Sands one vote in the um, Senate. Yep. That means they can put anything they want, almost, on the ballot. They don't, um, including repealing Tabor, uh, changing uh, tax code, uh, changing term limits, whatever they want. They don't even have to go and uh, petition. Right. Um, this scares a lot of us. Yeah, it means as it should. As it should. It means that um, Polis finally is going to have to uh, show his true nature. He hasn't been able to stand up to his progressive wing. Um, and if he has aspirations for running for the White House, and don't tell me he doesn't, um, if there was ever a time to, to, show, to show he can, he's going to have to start showing it soon. Will he? Uh, one, yes. Now, in terms of how you're asking, is he going to show it to do X, Y, and Z, and you've already defined X, Y, and Z, I'm not saying that that's the case. Do I think he'll pull the reins? Yes. To your, to your question, or you're setting up the question, or it's not necessarily a premise, but just setting it up, the, because we have close to supermajority or with one, whatever the numbers are, that um, we can put something on the ballot, and putting something on the ballot may be repeal of Tabor, may be you know, changing the tax code. You know what my response to that is? That's called democracy. The people still vote on it. And if the people adopted and said yes to Tabor, well then, go back and ask them, do you want it still? Because my bet is, if you put on the ballot a question, should the people have to vote to raise taxes, that would probably pass. 
There's just a lot in Tabor. Doug Bruce, you know, the convicted criminal, put a lot of stuff in there that a lot of people didn't realize, and then we responded with single subject, which ended up being an albatross around our necks in terms of determining how you fix something. Um, Let's get back to, to Polis. The last four <laughs> years, the last four years have been terrible for the business community in Colorado. There have been, uh, there have been such incredible, um, we, we can go into chapter and verse. I've been surprised how the business community has cowered, to be honest. Um, at the regulatory state, under uh, Polis's uh, uh, administrators, but also how they haven't really banded together to fight some of these things, including the Family Leave Act when it went to the, to the ballot. I was surprised that the uh, Colorado Chamber, formerly Casey, and the Restaurant Association really were AWOL when it came to, to standing up to this, and now uh, payroll taxes are, are, are starting to, to kick in. There's only gonna be more of it now that there's a larger uh, majority in the, in the legislature I'm looking for the governor to show that business side that he has been touting. Um, how will that manifest? Will it? Um, all right. I'm going to start with an argument around the premise of some of the setup that you get. Yeah. And that is, is that family leave is bad. Family leave is not bad. And part of the reason why a lot of the business community didn't engage on it is that maybe they either, one, felt like, you know, hey, part of this is actually the right thing to do, or two, you know, we gotta pick our fights. Do you think this and family leave is good? And, 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 if this, and if this is a fight that we're going to lose, we can have arguments whether it's good or not. You know, I, do you think I think in good? principle, I think it's a good thing to do, I do. Do you think this one is a good one? And, uh, I think this is one of, I think this is the most ludicrous, Oh, no, come on. Ridiculous so, ones, and so it will go, it will go. So we can sit around and say, oh gee whiz, we don't wanna do that. You know what? Look in the rearview mirror. If you want a rearview mirror, drive a car. In terms of Jared, right, when, it, when, it, when it goes bust governor, in four years, the governor, the governor is whether, and I, I know that you'll probably laugh when I say this, is business minded. The oh, I guy think he wouldn't is. have what he has today not being business minded. And it's not like what he has today was put at his feet. What he has today, he created. And he understands how business works. I'm not saying just to blow sunshine up his backside, because it's the truth in terms of what he's done. Do I think he'll like walk the line, understanding that we have a more democratic legislature and it's gonna be a little bit more progressive? Yes. Do I think that he's gonna pull the reins on some of it? Put a little bit, not pressure, but encouragement. Hey, we gotta figure out how we're gonna do these things um, in order to not control, but guide some of this. Yeah, and he should. That's what governors do. That's what Roy Romer did. That's what Dick Lamb did. They and had I, and split I think, legislatures. They, they, uh, and they were also had, back then, let's be honest, let's be honest, Democrats then were not like the Democrats now. Well, that's true, you that's know, true. We, we didn't have a Democratic Socialist Four years ago, then. and even two years ago when we had this conversation, and I asked, what, was the, what are you most worried about? You said hubris both times. Right, and, and I'd say that today, and I would say that today. Let me tell you, hubris wasn't the problem because your <laughs> friends went crazy. I have never seen an explosion of government regulation, government uh, taxation, uh, like I have in the last four years in Colorado, bar none, uh, and 
they got reelected in massive amounts. And you so know let me what? tell you, and you know what? hubris the, wasn't a problem. The economy ground to a halt. So hubris wasn't the problem. No, hubris in terms of the breadth, in terms of what you want to do, in terms of the power that we have. Is there still hubris? Yeah. In fact, we have a Democratic Socialist Caucus, even though there are members of it that uh, I personally like. I don't know many of them that well. I get where they're coming from. Do I think that's bad in terms of what we're doing? Yes. And I'll give an example just generally in terms of the country. You take a look at the Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez endorsed candidates, you know, in the competitive seats in those primaries and even in general elections. They lost every single one. Moderate Democrats, and I'm using that term purposefully, won, what, 90% of the races? You know, Exhibit 1, Abigail Spanberger? That kind of environment, whether people believe it or not or want to argue with me, I think exists here. I will say this once, I'll say it twice, I'll say it five times. This state is not lefty progressive. It's not. 44% of this electorate. Why is, why is the legislature they are, so? Because the Republicans have put up really bad stories, really bad candidates, and when they do, they don't have clear messaging. I mean, think about the campaign around the governor. Uh, what's his name? Barking dog guy, Steve Wells from Greeley. Oh, we have to vote Republican. Fire Jared Polis. And then he does this we, like crazy ass, like hit, you know, a windshield with glass and then show, you know, you know, immigrants, immigrants crossing the border. And then all of a sudden say, this is the reason we, why we need to Steve fire Jared Wells Polis and we need to elect Heidi Gano. That is, I mean, who, who did they message test us with? Seniors in the senior center? We, Republicans had, I think, the best set of candidates we've had in a long time. I will Agreed? give you that. I will give you that. Yeah. I wrote an op-ed about it. All right. What? O- O'Day is out of central casting. He is. What is your biggest fear that Democrats will do in this next session? Overreach. Give me a, give me a specific. I do think we have to be careful on taxes. I do think we have to be careful on things that come from the woke perspective in terms of this is how we have to think, this is what schools need to do. Um, I think we have to be really smart about that. Really, really smart about that. And I actually think, and I know you're gonna look at me and say, Ted, you need to be more specific. You're not giving me examples. I think, now you're gonna laugh and you're gonna start singing, tenor. Tenor is really important because that's how a lot of people react. And that's how the electorate reacts. And a lot of the reason why Republicans are losing, it's not because they didn't have half decent candidates in some races. It was the overall tenor that's coming from them. Oh, Democrats, let me give it Demo- to you. Because, give- you know, people, people respect. You know, I disagree with 90% of what you say. I just disagree with it. But, you know, the tenor about how you talk about it, I like that. I'll give people it to you. I'll, I'll, well I'll give you this that. way. And this, this is where, uh, while I, I despise almost everything Jared does, uh, I'll give you a case in point of, of how he does it differently. So while uh, DeSantis and uh, um, Abbott are sending guys to New York City, uh, the migrants there, our governor's doing the exact same thing, but he's sending them to their final destination and, and doing it quietly. What do you mean? What do you mean? Do you, mean? you didn't okay, read the Politico I'm being, story? I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid. Yeah. He's been busing migrants to New York City, just like DeSantis and dislike, just like Abbott. I was in, in Politico yesterday. We taped this, uh, uh, I don't know, before you saw it, uh, probably a couple weeks back. Uh, yeah, so he's been... He's Which been, is obviously not a political stunt, because if it was a political stunt, they would have all kinds of media around it. 
Well, that's why I which, was, which there's not. Well, that's, he didn't do it. Oh, either. but I'm sure it's the liberal media because they don't report things. No, the point being that, and I'm being facetious, by the way, he, he did the exact same thing, but he did it with a different tenor. So the exact same policy, but in a different way, which is what makes him a different politician. That's great. Power to Jared. I mean, the governor. The governor. Power to him. He's acting like a Republican. He is not, not acting like a Republican. He's acting like a leader. Sending the migrants to New York City? Oh my God, can you just like put out more flowery language around the governor? But that is what a leader does, is you figure out ways to address problems and not from a box of, I come from this place or I come from this place. And so therefore everything I do is from here or from here. You step above it. Roy Romer did this all the time. Putting aside split chambers, Roy Romer was a great governor because he looked at a higher level in terms of what's going on and didn't say, well, because my side is here, I have to do it. Or, you know, in a Republican governor, this side is here, so therefore I have to do it. Jared, I mean, Roy Romer, you have to love that. That is a leader. Roy Romer was able to stand up to his party a lot more often then this governor can stand up to his party. Well, we'll see this next session. Is, there's going to be a lot of tests. Well, there was a lot of tests in the last four years. I didn't. Oh I didn't my see gosh! This guy. If it, I mean, we don't publicize this stuff, but in terms of just even the conversations that have happened over the last few years, I mean, there's a lot of credit to be given to the governor, to Jared. On overall, lot. all the fee increases over. Oh, because mm-hmm. you know we we really don't need to be tang- paying taxes for things that the public you know the public needs. We really don't need to be paying no, we fees just need to, for certain things we just that, need to ask that society them. needs. What's wrong with consent? What's wrong with asking Oh people? my God, so every time we're going like to raise a fee for a driver's license, oh, let's put that to a vote. Billions and billions of dollars in taxes. Billions and billions. Oh. No, I get what There's you're saying. There's a disregard. I, you know, I get the it. casual I get it. disregard. But that's not ca- oh, Okay, I know I come Do you know across, how many billions I, I, of dollars no, I realize I come across as being casually that disregarding. And I don't mean it that way. Uh, it's I, degrading. I, I, it's, that's the degrading to taxpayers. We pass a freaking constitutional amendment that says all we want to do is be asked before you raise taxes. And instead, uh, instead. Do they really? No, okay. Instead, you, okay. you, I, I, instead you pervert you believe the in word tax. Do you believe in representative government? Yes. And that's why we. Oh, but when it fails. Representative government. When it, it passes. Oh, do you it, believe. It's until do you until believe, it's around revenue measures. So then the House of Representatives was formed you as the House when, of the People, and all revenue measures, this is the United States. Do you believe States, in the Constitution? All revenue measures have to start in the House because the House is the House of the People because the number of people that each person, that each member represents is roughly the same number of people. To do you believe sure in the state constitution? Of course I believe in the state constitution. So when the Constitution says all, ta- all revenue increases must be voted on by the people. Well, there's... I tell you, the extremity... All right, let's just leave it there. Okay, all right. Take care. This is John Caldera, and if you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You can listen to more episodes on all streaming services, with new ones being released weekly. And remember, this is the audio from our television show. To watch the video version, just search the letters IITV, for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.